Hey guys, this is Socratic Habits, where Kyle Morse and me, Daniel Hayward, think out loud about hard questions when we stay on topic. Thanks for joining in the conversation. Like, how's work going? It's going. Things are looking up. Basically, my manager was going, I need you to keep you guys engaged. So I'm going to ask my boss if we can do some work that we wouldn't normally be allowed to do because normally they try and have the mechanical work and the electrical work go at the same time so that mm-hmm. um, it just looks like project met- metrics look better if you don't let it drag on forever. Okay. But he was just going, there's stuff that we could start working on and it'd be more interesting than what you guys are doing right now. And then you'd have, then you'd be more full with your schedules too. Cause like tomorrow, half the day at this point looks like it's going to be kind of process improvement work type stuff. Okay. So pretty light. Yeah. Hmm. How does that feel for you? You feel like, is that disappointing? Well, it's, it's exciting. I, I was really pleased because I had a one-on-one with my boss yesterday and I was really pleased that he was looking out for ways to keep us engaged. Or, uh, I've had a job where I was like, can you verify these like 600 phone numbers? It's like, how do I do that? Well, if you can't find them online, then you have to call them. <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah, that was That's pretty bad. That was my last, like, I don't know, three weeks at one of my jobs uh, for one of the construction companies. And then uh, about, I don't know, probably two or three months ago, uh huh, we got a call from that same company. Doing the same thing? Uh, yeah, essentially doing the same thing. And I'm just now realizing it's probably not a good sign for that person who called us. <laughs> Did you offer them a job? No, no. <laughs> I have made no progress on the boxes. It's been a busy couple of... I've had... I've kind of been all in on, on work. And um, actually, I'm That's running... That's good to hear that you've been able to be all in on work. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Somebody was asking me recently. They were like, well, uh, what? Like, how many are you winning? How many bids? Uh-huh. And we're winning more than every other right now. Um. To give you so like an idea. two out of three or three out of four, probably two out of three, something like that, nice. um, or three out of five, something something that's, like that. that. That's quite a turn from six months ago. Yeah, from six months ago, we couldn't have paid somebody to let us work for them. Like <laughs> that's what it felt like. So what's? Do you know what's different? Is it just there are more jobs now? Or? No, I don't think it's that there's more jobs. I think there were more jobs last summer. I think things have. Um, I'm not, I mean, really, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but the person, there was a person before, uh-huh. it was basically, I guess, actually like up to me and another person who's kind of at my level. Okay. Uh, anyway, so what I had been starting to say is like last summer, uh-huh. there was somebody whose job it was to not only do all of the estimates or like he was ultimately responsible for all the estimates that went out the door, including review. It was also his job to figure out 
which um, which estimates we should, which jobs we should try to get, which scopes we should try to get, and like he had to review my work as well as the other guys, and then also like do his own. Oh wow! So there's one person, and he was, I mean, he still is, but with less of a role and owner of the company. So there was additional work. There's like meetings that he was going to on top of that. Okay. So you hired there was there was somewhat of a different like a restructuring. So now there's okay. one person who kind of manages manpower in the field. He has somebody who does most of the legwork for that, but he's a resource. He's been in the industry for 20 plus years. Uh-huh. There's a, a handful of relationships that were just are really good. And so internally or externally too? externally. So there's, there's like three general contractors who we regularly have. Um, they're like, this job is ours and we want to hire you to do it. Okay. And so really those nice. bids are super easy to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but two of the last two bids that I've sent out, which both were more than, they were they were kind of my medium large size. They weren't uh-huh. so big that they were scary to me necessarily, right. but they were they weren't the like I don't know fifty thousand dollars size. They were more like uh huh. They used our number. I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure that we got the job, but I think we did. Like I think that they if they won it, then we got it. Kind of deal, dude. That's exciting. So, and that was based on your estimating job. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So actually, doing uh. <laughs> doing the scopes that I was unable to continue to work at my previous job for. So concrete, that was uh-huh. primarily like, that was their reasoning. They said, we don't want you to, we can't train you as well so as go we, call a bunch of people. What's that? So go call a bunch of people. So go call a bunch of people instead of, you know, I mean, I, at some level, like you, it's taken work to get me definitely to where I'm at, to where I understand the job. And I, I still went through, I still reviewed um, the job with there's there was a couple of details that I was just uh-huh. like, not sure about. Um, they ended up using my number. Like we didn't change the number, but I I just just like well I don't know it probably takes this long. Um, and I don't know. It's very actually the one of the jobs is stupid. It's a dumb job. I don't know. <laughs> I was asking somebody why is this even being built. And it's like they have uh-huh. bond they have bond money that they need to use. Okay. They're building an outdoor classroom in the Pacific Northwest. In one of the wealthier neighborhoods in southeast of Portland. Yeah. But it's like somebody I was talking to somebody about it and they're like, Well, what are the wall details? They're not. It's literally just like eight steel beam or columns and a teach like and a teaching wall that like somebody like with some an outdoor TV screen, a marker board, and a counter. Your tax dollars at work. Well, I guess this is bond. Well, no, it is tax money because the tax money pays the bond back. Does it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how that works. They pass the, a bond. The, the teachers aren't out there making money in order to pay the bond back. <laughs> I should talk to David about that. Uh, did you listen? I'm, I'm assuming that you didn't listen to the, the link I sent you. I could have had time, but I listened to the... I've been working my way through the Mars Hill uh, Rise and Fall podcast. Oh. So that's what I've been listening to when I have time to listen so to podcasts. So you preferred a different podcast to listening to yourself talk? Imagine that. 
Okay, fine. Maybe if you made me sound as good as the guy who does... <laughs> Some of it's uh, quality. Quality of, um, you know, mate- raw materials. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm just saying you need a different pop filter. You need one of these. So that way you can eat the mic. Although it does look um, like I can see your waveforms much more clearly. Wait, than- so do you just have the foam around mm-hmm. the top? Because I yeah. have that too. Oh, you don't need the pop filter then. Oh. You're going to take it off mid-recording? Yeah. <laughs> How's that sound? It sounds the same. Okay. But, That's but what, what it, yeah, so typically you wouldn't need both. You would just use the, the pop filter does help. One of our first podcasts, I asked you, do I need both of these? And you said yes. So I've used both ever since. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I did some research later and my pop filter did not work nearly as well as it seems like yours did or does. Like it would cause constantly... well, using two of them. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean my like the actual like arm thing would oh, constantly okay. fall and needed to be readjusted mid mid recording. My yeah. arm also the the one I'm using now works much better. Okay. Cool. Well, the kids will like this cuz then they can play with the pop filter. They sure can. I mean, they, I have. They things. really like that. They like the pop filter. Well, because it's this stiff, bendy thing. Oh, yeah. And they like anything that looks like a microphone. The the girls will literally go outside to. We have some tall sprinklers in the backyard, mm-hmm. and they'll stand because it's right about the right height for a microphone for them. They'll stand at the sprinkler and start singing. Oh, that's pretty cute. Hmm. Kids. Yeah. Okay. They see something once and they think, this, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. So now you, your kids are going to be singers. Well, tonight I was showing some Slope Style X games. And so mm-hmm. he was then um, jumping off of the couch and running down the hallway and then running back up the hallway and jumping on the couch. Mm-hmm. And then getting up on the couch arm and then jumping off of that and then running back down the hallway and then crashing go. and going, I fell in the snow. And then putting his skis that's, back on and that's right buddy yeah oh i was gonna say one of the i mean you had met you had texted about talking about um church and church stuff yeah and one of the things that stood out in in one of the mars hill rise and fall of mars hill episodes i listened to recently was um when mark and some other multi-site megachurch pastor and then Mark Dever were having a conversation. And Mark Dever started to, they were basically razzing Mark Dever about being a really good preacher, but not going to multi-sites. So not having as big of an influence as he could have. Mark was razzing the other guy? Mark Driscoll and and the other megachurch pastor were razzing Mark Dever yeah. wow. about not having like multi-site megachurches. Yeah. How foolish of him. And, and Mark Dever kind of went, well, Ecclesia, the Greek word means literally to come together hmm. or be together. Uh, yeah. Okay. And so and, and why would I split them apart? Exactly. Yeah. Why would I separate myself from my people? Yeah. 
And the reason that our pastor, when I was going to, I guess I would call it a mega church here in Vancouver, um, was we want to, you know, we want to be where the people are, was basically the idea. Who's we? Like as a church. And then, and then, yeah, you get into this kind of like, because <laughs> it's like, well, the leaders aren't there. Well, I mean, there definitely are, but yeah, it's not the, not the pastor. You can't pastor that many people. Like, yeah, I, I was talking to a friend last night about a multi-church or multi-site church that he, he left mm-hmm. and he was just talking about how we were talking about how it's kind of weird when you, like, I can go up to my pastor one of my pastors and just say hey i noticed that i noticed this really cool thing in the sermon that you preached or hey i'm struggling with with this in my life what 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 do you have to say about that but if someone's in that multi-site church scenario if they want to talk to the person who's actually preaching every lord's day Mm -hmm. they have to like go through an intermediary yeah, or email him or whatever. Right. But no, you can't um, shake his hand at the back of the church as you're walking out. Right. Yeah. He doesn't give your kid candy as you're leaving. Yeah. Well, he doesn't want to. Uh, he doesn't want them to have diabetes. Diabetes. I don't know how. I don't know how. They're, they're, they're small candies. That your children are small, Kyle. They're much smaller than the donuts that they have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll tell you how this, this conversation came up or the, how this, this question came up rather the thought. Um, so I'm going to say for you and then cut it later. So somebody who I know pretty well was, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I knew that he'd been going to this, this kind of church class before his church service that he was going to. And I was like, how was that? Okay. And he was like, oh, it was really good. We talked about Martin Luther and I feel really bad for Catholic people because they believe that in order to go to heaven, that they have to do all of these things, uh-huh. right? They have to work for their salvation and, and they have to do this penance and they have to meet with the priests and they have to, you know, mm-hmm. um, Martin Luther, uh, you know, he didn't know the God, like he was a man of the cloth, but he didn't know the gospel before the Lord revealed it to him. Right. Of. So he's, he's talking about that for a little bit. And then he asked me, he was like, did you go to church this, this, this Sunday? And I was like, yeah. uh, no, we didn't, we didn't make time for it. And that's not something that I'm proud of. Right. I okay. Would, we, right. that's something I, I definitely want to be a part of our regular, like every week. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, their COVID rates have been really high recently. I think they're kind of at a spot where we feel comfortable going back, um, next week or perhaps the week after. Um, but then he was like, well, did you at least watch? Yeah. And I was like, no, we actually don't get anything out of that um, because we're so disconnected. It feels weird to sing at home and you just got to get over it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Is that the solution? Yeah. Like we do it. You, you watch from home. Oh, well, for an evening service. Yeah. Kyle, we, we tried, we've watched from home many times Uh huh. and we, like when we're done, it's like, oh, I mean, we participate like both. So during COVID, when live stream was the only option, we would sing and and pray and and mm-hmm. go th- do everything like we were in church, just in our living room. Um, yeah, 
dressed and, up. And I think that that's fine. I think for us, it doesn't, especially since we don't have, we're not a hundred percent settled on a home church. There's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about this. It just, it's like, it just doesn't seem helpful. It doesn't seem like it's any, and so, th- so this is my question, right? Mm-hmm. I'll get to my question in a second, but if it doesn't seem helpful, it doesn't draw us closer to God. It doesn't bring us closer to God's people because we're not in, we're not fully in a community where we have any kind of backbone, right? Or relationships, strong relationships of any kind. I mean, it delays by a week any any opportunity to be in fellowship with God's people. How? It's just kicking the can down the road on... I'm not asking you what it's doing. I'm asking you, how is it doing that? Well, because that's another week gone that no attempt has been made to interact or start the first attempts at establishing fellowship. Like if I want to get to know someone, I -hmm. have to put myself in front of them. And you think that attending online facilitates that? Oh, sorry. I was thinking about going to church. No, no, no. I think we should go to church. And I think that, and I think we should have this last week, but we Mm -hmm. didn't. So my, my question is not, should we have gone to church? We should have. Okay. And it's our, our plan to, let's say my plan to this coming week. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is, okay, so, so the rest of the kind of the conversation with this person was like, well, uh, basically he was like, well, if it was really important to you, you would have made an hour, an hour to, you know, to at least watch online. And I, I was like, well, what? So I guess one of my questions to you, my first uh-huh. question is, like, is it valuable to attend online if you can't attend in person? If it is impossible for you to attend in, perp- in person, um, you've you've brought up, I think, one potentially potential counterpoint, which is if you don't already have a relationship established with the saints in that congregation, it's not going to be as meaning. I would grant that it's not going to be as meaningful as actually being together in the public assembly of the saints. Um, at the same time, I would guess that it would give you a better sense of what the liturgy of the church is like and give you more of a flavor of what the experience of worshiping with that particular body of saints will be like at least it will be more so than if you just don't interact with it at all. Like it's not good, but it's, it's more than zero. I guess I was just finding it a lot more valuable to do just a Bible study with my wife. If we weren't going to be able to make it to church. Oh, you can do that too. So there, there are a lot of hours in Sunday. <laughs> That's true. There are Kyle. It's like uh, what? Like 16 roughly. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I was, uh, I mean, one of the reasons I had wanted to talk with you about it was like, well, okay. So there was a period of time when really most people were attending online. And when, when we thought COVID was Ebola, basically. Yeah. Basically when we thought, uh, it was, it was the plague come back. Um, and 
I think one of the things that you and I had said at that time was like, well, there probably aren't a lot of people coming back. Like more than just, you know, more than just the. I think it depends on the church, but I think in some of the more mainline denominations, the number I heard was like, they're getting like 30 to 40% of the people back. That left? Or like of their total amount? Well, well, because the mainline church is completely shut down. I don't, when you say mainline, do you mean like an evangelical church? I, I mean, so the mainline are the traditional denominations, the PCUSA, the United Methodists, the hmm. um, Methodists, the Presbyterian the maybe? Luther, well, that's PCUSA. Oh, sorry. Lutherans and Episcopalians. What makes them mainline? Because they're they're mainline Protestants. So so you have the main line of the Lutheran Church, you have the main line mm. of the Methodist Church, you have the main line of the Presbyterian Church. And then off of those you've had like the PCA has come off of the PCUSA. So it's a branch. I see. So not considered mainline because they're not part of the trunk. Right. Kind of idea. Exactly. Okay. Um, Yeah. 30. So, I mean, is that true for the church that you're going to? Like our denomination has stolen basically a lot of people from churches like that. Oh. So our churches have, the churches in our denomination have grown in some cases come close to doubling. Wow. That's pretty significant. It's crazy significant. So do you think that perhaps the, you know, so 30 to 40% of people uh, are going back to these mainline and then you've got 60 to, you know, 60 I to 70%. I think it's some percentage that aren't coming back to church at all. Yeah. People who just want to be hermits for the rest of their life in some cases. And then you have people who are going, this feels wrong to have stopped all fellowship, especially after vaccines are out mm-hmm. and um, the rates of hospitalization for infected people or for vaccinated people are way down. Yeah. And so they started going to a different denomination. Right. Do like one that one, one that didn't shut down as long. Huh? Do you think once their churches open back up, Oh, you're saying their churches are open back up, but they're they've they've established fellowship essentially at other churches, other denominations, and now they're right. That's their home. Exactly. Kyle, you always make me think. That's why we do the podcast. That's why it's called Socratic. I know. And the Hobbits. Yeah, for small people. Yeah. Asking. Small brains. Small brain. Um. It's from all that pipe weed. No, 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 no. Have you ever smoked? Uh, like marijuana? No, no, no. Like smoked a pipe or yeah, a cigar. I've, I've smoked a cigar and a pipe. I smoked a pipe for about I don't know, like two years or something. Every once a month, probably, or maybe not even that often. And then I went to an insurance thing. Uh huh. And, <laughs> and they counted me as a smoker, and I was like, "Well, this isn't That's that fun." <laughs> so I stopped. I didn't I actually I'm probably one of the only smokers who only who only ever had to try once. Yeah. That sounds sort of familiar to uh similar not familiar, similar to uh my wife's grandpa who basically in 
sixth grade algebra, his algebra teacher was a chain smoker and they had just learned how to do some mathematical, basically he had learned how to multiply and add up stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he just added up the number of years in his teacher's life and how many years he'd been smoking and how much a cigarette cost and how many he smoked a day and went, yep, I'm never smoking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It probably wasn't even two years. It was probably just one year, but I also was not very good at it. I could never keep the, they call it the cherry lit pipe. And so it was always really frustrating. I always had to relight the pipe a handful of times. (laughs) So you're going through matches too. Oh yeah, that was it. Was the cost of it? No, <laughs> cost can, of matches. The cost of matches. It's ridiculous. Uh, no. Sorry, that was a total diversion. No, it's it's fine. It's fine. You can ask me about my smoking habits and whatnot. Uh, no, no. We were talking about uh, more, more substantial topics a moment. Back to the the church thing. Yeah, the church thing. That's right. I said Tuesday for podcasts. What do you think about talking? Okay. So how people disagree with us. And so, okay. So um, the other kind of part about this topic coming up is like, okay, so, so my question, so another part of this question about, okay, so, you know, you've got doing church online versus not. And we kind of talked about that. The other thing is, is, is like, I meet very regularly and mm-hmm. make myself very, I submit to people who are not necessarily in authority over me, but God has placed in my life. Uh-huh. And I'm a part of a Bible study and, um, and I, you know, I read the Bible and I, I'm, I'm open with people about a lot of my, a lot more of my life than I think the average person is. So my question is, is like, do I need to go to church? Where do we, do, is that a tradition? Is it, where do you see in the Bible that, well, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of yeah. uh, description of basically what I'm hearing is what is the benefit to me? No, I'm not asking what's the benefit to me. I'm saying, is this something? I'm not saying that's what you're at. I'm saying that's what I was, you're, you're describing. I, I am being mentored by these people mm-hmm. over here. I am doing this over there. Yeah. So what I, what I was trying to like specifically I've seen in the Bible, like don't forsake meeting together with other believers. Right. Okay. And so I'm saying I'm, I am meeting with other believers on a very regular basis. Where do we see in the Bible? You need to go to a church where there's an authority, a structure of authority that you submit to. And I think this comes back to, do we, are we, it, it's most clearly, I would say it's most clear in the Old Testament. Huh. Not the answer I expected. But with the Old Testament background, I think it becomes it the nothing appears to change um when you get to the New Testament when it comes to coming together with the saints to worship for the purpose of worshiping God. With worshiping God being the main, being the central point. It's, it's preparation for our, our time in heaven. It's looking forward to the time eternal when um, we join the angels and seeing holy, holy, holy. Okay. 
so I guess what I'm, so if I sing with the Bible study, then we're good. We're doing corporate worship. I I know that the answer is no to that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you're trying to get at why is that no? Yeah. And so, so what do you, how do you see the through line between like, who are the, who are the pastors in the old Testament? Who are the deacons? Mm -hmm. Because we see, we see deacons and elders like specifically laid out in the new Testament. Right. Right. Who, so who, who took who took care of the tabernacle or the temple? I mean, it would be the priests, right? And more generally, the Levites. Okay. So, so you had the different tri- the different uh, families in the tribe of Levi who were assigned different diaconal duties. Oh. Okay. And so then you, you had the the line of Aaron that was assigned the. Um, the stewardship of the interaction between God and his people. Yeah. And then when the priests failed, God commissioned prophets to okay. do that same thing. But, but the prophets were a symptom. The prophets were a symptom of the dysfunctional um, society and culture that was not operating correctly. And probably really specifically a dysfunctional, like, line of Aaron, family, slash Levites. Well, I mean, you have prophets who, like, think about Jonah. Jonah was not prophesying to the Israelites. Hmm, that's true. So so we see see looking forward to the whole world being um, put under the preaching that Christ is king, even in... um, Prophets like Jonah and and I think Joel as well. Um, prophets, uh, no, Joel Joel was definitely to to these guys because that's the one where um, that gets quoted about how your old, your old men will see visions, your young men will dream de- dreams. Um, yeah, but there there was another there's another prophet that definitely went to prophesied against Moab and um, a number of the peoples around Israel at that time. Okay. So, so it's as far as seeing the church now as Mm -hmm. continuing on the line of Levites and house of Aaron and prophets. Well, at least the, the leadership of the church, right? The leadership of the church. So that's something that you, it's almost like a shadow. Like you see, right. Um, so it's not it's not it's not so explicit is kind of what you're getting at. Right. Hmm. But then you take that with the context of the New Testament where when Paul first goes somewhere, he goes on the Jewish Sabbath to a synagogue right. where people are practicing coming together for the reading of the scriptures. And that's where he Pre, first, that's that's the first place Paul goes on his missionary journeys. That evidence does not seem to me to support the point I think you're trying to make. I'm not saying I disagree with it. The, the, the point, I'm, the only point I'm making is that people were meeting for the purpose of knowing God. All right, and in a particular place, not just 
at a random time. And is a is a Bible study a random time? It's not on it's not on the Lord's Day. But do you think that the Lord's Day I guess do you think it's really important that we meet on the Lord's Day? As Absolutely. a church? Absolutely. So, so churches that meet on Saturday night is like real bad? That's uh, what Paul was preaching against in Galatians. Uh, where? When he's talking about going back to the law. Um, he's. Uh, what about some people consider one day holy? Right. He's he's talking about Jewish customs. Right, but because he's talking about foods and ceremonial washings and. Uh, Booths, tabernacles, Passover. So, because because that was the big issue in the church at that time was this idea of is it Jesus or is it Jesus and the Jewish law? Okay, so can I read to you Romans uh, fourteen one through twelve? I might right. not read all of it, but I'm going to read a portion of it. Yeah. Uh, as for the one who's weak in faith, welcome him, but. Not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment over the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Mm-hmm. Who are you to pass judgment over the servant on the servant of another? It is mm-hmm. his it is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Mm-hmm. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. And then he goes on, why do you despise your brother? We'll all stand before the judgment seat of God. So I have a hard time saying this only applies to uh, specifically observing the Jewish law. That doesn't, I haven't read the context of Romans 13, and and really the whole of Romans, but so you're. Am I understanding you incorrect? Am, am I understanding you correctly in saying you're saying this does not apply to what day we worship right. when it's considering one day more holy than others? Right. Huh. That seems the opposite of what the text is saying. But when you look at the broader scope of Scripture, you look at how God acted after creation. You look at the Ten Commandments, you look at um, what God specifically held the Israelites accountable for mm-hmm. when it when it came in Isaiah, when it came to them being sent to Babylon. It had to do specifically with God's Sabbath. Yeah. Not particular, not general holy days, but you're looking at all of scripture and going, okay, God says one day out of seven is special. And so there's all that weight over there. So I have a really hard time chucking that weight because a verse is talking about 
being careful about um, picking, saying one day here is more important or one day here is less important. Well, I guess if you're going to hold, you, you have all that weight, that's specifically on the Sabbath, not the Lord's mm-hmm. Day. Those are different. The Lord's Day is a tradition that doesn't actually have, in the in the Bible that we read, we don't see a commandment related to the Lord's Day. So how do you right? How do you how do you marry that up? Right. There are only two passages that talk about meeting on the first day of the week, um, and one of th- one of them is when Paul's in uh, Ephesus and heals um, the guy who falls off off the uh, off the roof while he's preaching. Off the roof. Yeah. And then I believe the other one is when John is in the spirit on the first day of the week and um, God comes to him in the vision on Patmos. Um, and it is, it is a tradition based off of the celebration of the resurrection. It's a tradition based off of Christians not wanting to be persecuted with the Jews during the Roman Empire. Like that's where, it, that's kind of where it got its roots. That was, at least that's how I've read it. But I guess I've those two are very they're not commandments. Right? Well, there is a commandment to rest one day out of seven. Okay, but on the Sabbath. Uh-huh. And so I guess if you're going to put that weight on other people to say you must rest on the Lord's day and it is wrong for you to worship God on the Sabbath, then I I just don't understand how you don't see the don't have any of the cognitive dissonance that I'm feeling on your behalf, or I I I I can't make those two work together in my mind. I think that I I'm willing to be convinced on the one day out of seven. Mm-hmm. I have a really hard time saying it has to be Sunday, and and I have a really hard time holding everybody to that exact standard. I mean, I wouldn't hold a Muslim to that standard. Kyle, do you think that's what I'm saying? No. Okay. So, so conv- I mean, I- I'm willing to be convinced. You're like one of the most convincing people I know. You're very well thought out. And you're not uh, not usually mean to me when you try to convince me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Or, or is that like biblically, you kind of, all your cards are on the table? and Biblically, my cards are, are ba- I would say my cards are on the table biblically. Okay. The only, so the next thing to go to would be tradition. And traditionally, the Christians have agreed over a couple millennia Uh to to worship God together on the Lord's Day, on Sunday. Uh And one of the reasons for that being the, um, that's when Jesus rose from the dead. And so- every worship service then becomes a mini Easter, Hmm. which I I agree. You could say, well, that's, that's tradition. That's not explicitly taught in scripture, just like celebrating Easter on this random Sunday (laughs) in April or March. I mean, that was a big debate. Like there, there were people saying the apostle John said it should be this day or it should be reckoned by this calendar. And the oh. church said, eh, yeah, John said that, but enough of the church 
is doing this mm-hmm. and this is not something worth being divided over divided over so we are going to do this probably the same something the same with christmas yeah that was much later but and same um, with thanksgiving was even after that <laughs> thanksgiving <sorry>. is odd <laughs> but, but i think there's something about i think there's something in and this does come out of the Reformation, is pre-Reformation, there's kind of the expectation that everyone will be together. And and I don't mean like like everyone, kind of the literal everyone is physically together, but just like everyone is on the same page when it comes to um, how we approach God. And, the, and, and that led to we've talked about this before that led to problems with the church, the Roman Catholic church creating penance and indulgences and all these ways to buy your way into favor with God and finance the church. Um, But then after the reformation happened, kind of the floodgates were opened and it became this slippery slope to me, Roger Williams and Rhode going into Rhode Island, going it's, me and my Bible and like, I'm not sure if anyone else is actually really following what I see in my Bible. And that's what we see in the Mars Hill story. That's one of the points that the columnist or the podcaster from Christianity today is makes is Mark put himself, Mark Driscoll put himself out on this limb outside of any authority and despite early on in his ministry talking about the necessity of being together with people and under the authority of of people he put himself out in this place which was and the groundwork for that was all laid by um some of the uh, the at least from what this from the, what the podcaster host podcast host was saying the groundwork for that was all laid in the 60s and 70s Jesus people movement, which took people um, out of denominations into more kind of hmm. small church groups outside of traditional authority structures. Yeah. And so if you follow that path, I'm not saying you're doing this, but I'm saying if someone follows that path to... I think people should be able to do whatever they feel like doing regardless of what Christendom broadly has agreed to do. If it's, if it's not something like selling indulgences, which is clearly contrary to the whole canon of scripture, like meriting our own favor by paying money to the priest. (laughs) Yeah. I guess my problem or one of my problems is so one of the one of the uh well there's like three four not three forms of arguments but there's like three there's like the logic of the argument the authority of the argument the and then there's the third one the the ethical not the ethical the uh, emotional appeal no pathos ethos pathos and logos yeah so you're kind of invoking um the authority of the of broader Christendom and, and the pathos of what happens when it goes wrong on the 
so with the author like with the authority piece, like I see people who call themselves Christian in America today, which I I probably would, you know, I wouldn't say your denomination, I, I, but you know, from our conversations, I you know I guess I don't actually know that many people in in your denomination, but I see people who are like, if you're not, if you don't vote Republican, if you don't think that which is extra biblical. I agree, Kyle. That's what I'm saying. Is like if you don't vote Republican young, and young fiscally Earth. conservative and young Earth and um like hate liberals, like honestly, like that's mm-hmm. the kind of like that's right. the package. If you're not these things, it's like I actually don't see like I see people who identify as liberal who are significantly like I, I see them much more kindly like actually embody some of the things that you know and I, I know that they're not doing it for completely unselfish reasons but they act more like I would expect Christ to mm-hmm. than people who are from the church who seem bigoted who mm-hmm. seem self-righteous who mm-hmm. guilt me into doing things that they think I should do and I'm not talking about the conversation that we just had I don't feel like you're guilting me okay. I feel like you're trying yeah. to convince me um and part of that is because of the relationship difference. that we have, right? Right. So ultimately it comes back to, I want us both to be pointed at Christ. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Kyle, you haven't offended me. I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> Remember that time I let you know when you offended me? Yes. <laughs> um, But I definitely see other people who embody these very unchristlike attitudes and ways of interacting, especially with people who are different than them. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear you say, this is what the broad like church has agreed to, it's like, there's a significant portion of people who call themselves Christians that I don't actually really want to be identified with. I'm still a Christian. Well, remember I was saying over the past couple millennia, I don't I'm know, not just talking about I don't know little... what people were like more than a hundred years ago. I don't have a good beat on that of what people were actually like because you had to you had to have a certain amount of wealth in order to write things and of that 10% there was like a huge like 90% attrition every year right so you don't actually know what people were like super long ago how wealthy were Luther and Calvin super wealthy they invented the Gutenberg press but how many how many people like Luther and, and Luther and Calvin or or Wycliffe for that matter Oh, Kyle. I mean, Wycliffe was super, was dirt poor. Yeah, so was Jesus, now that you mention it. So was Paul. So was, I don't know about Augustine. He might have been rich. He might have been rich. He always seems, he always seems to be writing in something. Like I've seen, you know, book covers. They're not photographs. I mean, you have the Desert Fathers who were, who subsisted on a piece of bread every once in a while and water. I heard bad things about the Desert Fathers. Some of them. I mean, the like the whole thing collapsed in on itself at the end. I'm talking about the ones who went off on their own. Mm-hmm. Or we can talk about that a different time. Yeah. But I mean, they wrote, I, I guess I'm just saying they wrote and their writings were preserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite being wealthy. I, I'm just poking at the, you had to be wealthy. Okay, fine. Let's throw that out. You didn't have to be wealthy to write. You just had to write to write. Um. 
But over the last hundred years, over the last hundred and fifty years, like American Christians, which has seen some of the craziest stuff in the history of Christendom. <laughs> okay, all right. So maybe it's not. I mean, literally the last hundred fifty years, you you get not. I'm not equating these, but you get movements like the Jehovah's Witness. You get movements like the Mormons. Mm-hmm. You get movements like the Seventh Day Adventists, and that's where I'm not equating those. Um, but you get you, like you have the most horrible torp- type of like uh, slavery uh, on a mass mass scale. Well, that was before 150 years ago, but it was really in the swing of things 150 years ago, though. Like that well, was 1870. That was when it ended. The importation of slaves to I know America started ended, 1600s had, had but had had ended more than 150 years ago. But you had an enormous slave population. Oh, 150 for sure. years ago for people sure. and and the and the church making arguments for why it was good oh yeah dabney made horrendous arguments in particular yeah so i mean in addition you had like i don't know the that was bad <laughs> i mean there were other things too though other than these like these like crazy schisms or people insisting they have the th- you know the newest testament right I, I, I'd agree. America's weird, right? And it's always been, it's kind of been, it was a new thing. I mean, you, you, yeah, you get into like Charles Finney to Billy Sunday to Billy Graham to. We can't say anything bad about Billy Graham on this podcast. What we have today. Why not? We only have five listeners. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that James loves Billy Graham. I'm, I don't know. I have no idea. No. I doubt it. You don't think so? Okay. Not not at the le- not at that low. <laughs> okay. Well, we really can't say anything bad about Winston Churchill. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> what about Winston? Aside from things that are true. Aside from things that are true. Okay. Fair enough. But 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 I guess my encouragement would be, given what you've said, is to go back and read some more, read about people who were before the American political experiment and and how that political experiment has influenced the church, both in the United States and elsewhere in the world. Yeah. Okay. That's my homework. Hey, along with um, building those knife blocks and stuff. I would prioritize understanding the church over building knife blocks. Well, I can't spend all my time reading and thinking my head uh, will I'll go mad from all the things I read. You know, that used to be a thing people thought you couldn't, you couldn't read too much or you'd go mad. Well, they especially thought that women shouldn't do math too much or they'd go mad. Crazy things. I wonder what we think that, that in a hundred years or, or sooner we'll be like, I thought, I, I thought I was quoting you from earlier in the podcast. No, no, no. I never, I never said anything about <laughs> women that blank blanketly. <laughs> I don't know how to use the, those words. Yeah. Well, Kyle, do you want to end on that note or do you want to end on uh well, you want to say something a little bit like lighter? I feel like we haven't really gotten, I mean, we, we kind of got diverted over on this like Sunday, Lord's Day, Saturday, Sabbath thing. No, that was exactly what I wanted to talk about. Honestly, it was, it was like, where is the biblical warrant for I need to be a part of a church? And when you answered the question and basically said like, as far as meeting on, on Lord's Day, as opposed to Saturday, like 
you kind of you talked about that. You uh-huh. gave me your your spiel. Basically, there's there was those two scriptures. There was the somewhat um, uh, I'm going to say fuzzy line between the Old Testament and the New Testament related to uh, the Levitical, not the Levitical. Um, no, yeah, it was the Levites, yeah. and now the deacons and elders in a church, yeah, and and then also the tradition of the the, the last two thousand years, and then uh, of of tr- of treating each day we worship God as a celebration of a mini Easter, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, the thing I didn't get to that I think is. This is actually this is actually something that Joe Rigney said in his talk is is that when we come together as as a church body to worship on Sunday, what that is doing is orienting our week mm-hmm. around Christ, just as when we go into our closet or study or, or whatever to read and pray in the morning orients our day. Mm. So, so the, and then, and then we have like the big, the bigger holidays like Easter and Christmas that we orient our year around. And so God's put patterns into our lives, which if we take advantage of them, will draw us closer to him. And, and the, the, the purpose of the church is that the purpose of the, um, I, I heard, it was actually just this morning at a, at a Bible study, the one of the pastors at our church um, talked about how, because we were talking about Colossians and and actually we were talking a little bit about what is the church and and one of the things he said was the administrative purpose of the church as it exists is to uh, he had he had three phrases it was it was like inform train. And something else. It, it it was I can I can text you afterwards, but sure. He he had he had three words for kind of what he called the administrative purpose of the church as yeah. it related to the saints who participate in the weekly worship. And that tied in I, I thought his thought tied in really well with what Rigney was saying about having a day set aside by Christians for Christians to orient their whole week around uh, a time of covenant renewal, if you will. Yeah. On remembering and practicing the death and resurrection of, of Jesus. Right. 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 Which we do every, every time we take the Lord's supper, we remember him. Yeah. Um, and then, so the only other thing that was in that text that I sent you, was yeah. how do we argue with people who disagree with us? So we covered that as well. <laughs> so so we, we did that by example. We did, yeah. So take notes. Covered that. Check. All you, all you five of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I did. I, how would how'd you, how'd you rate it on a, on a scale of one to 10? How did we do? For arguing? Yes. Um, I, 10 to 10. We'll do again. Okay. Wow. And, and you know, basically... I don't know. It's just there's such a, you know, deep friendship, a care for one another mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I'm always scared when you disagree with me because it usually <laughs> means that I'm wrong. But you're like, I know that it's not. Honestly, like I, 
I'm really encouraged and um, I really respect you. And so, but I, and I, but I don't ever really feel, I guess, despite that I think of you as a really intelligent person who is successful at many different athletic things, many different like work things. You have like 25 kids and (laughs) and a huge house. And it's like, but I don't see you. You know, despite that I have cats, I don't see that you look down on me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so when you do disagree with me, I am literally the only person in my family who does not have cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, literally, the wow. only person in my family who doesn't have cats. <laughs> I'm going to cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. Uh, anyway, so it's just like. Yeah, when we disagree, you, I don't feel talked down to, and Good. and I, I hope you don't feel that way for me. But yeah. it's like I've just argued with so many people over the years where they think if they disagree with you that you're just the dumbest person in the world. Like I've I've ha- like I've had that yeah. conversation with people, and it's just like, do you think it's a pride thing where it's uh. I have to win so that my ego is maintained and that's where those bad arguments come from. Yeah. That's what I generally attributed it to. Yeah. I think, I think it's an insecurity thing as well where they feel like, and, and part of the reason I feel like it's an insecurity thing is because I know when I argued like that, when I was younger, it was definitely out of insecurity. Um. Mm. And so, yeah, insecurity and pride are both this, they, they have the same root. You think about yourself too much. Right. So, yeah, I, I also think it has to do with you're not confident in your opinions. You just know that if somebody isn't towing the party line, then they're part of them and not us, not we, them, we kind of thing. Which has, yeah, been a huge issue as we've discussed on here over the last the couple of years, especially that's become more and more apparent. Thanks for listening to Socratic Hobbits. If you enjoyed this episode, we would really appreciate it. If you shared with one person or left a review on iTunes, if you have any feedback uh, about how we could make this podcast better, please let us know.